I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode... 44. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I am releasing this podcast the week of Christmas, and what a month it has been as we've been kicking around in the Christmas story all month. If it were a Hollywood film, this would be where the epic music would begin to crescendo, because it all comes down to this. It is all about a baby boy. This week, we will be using For King and Country's Baby Boy to launch us into Scripture. But if you've been listening this month, uh, we're not going to go much further than we've already been. But I promise we'll go much deeper. The world cried out so desperately, and heaven's reply was a baby boy. I'm not sure we fully comprehend the profound darkness that is around us. I think it's a lot like in the physical, and when we are in the dark for a while, our eyes begin to adjust, and perhaps our spiritual eyes have made some adjustments, and we just don't realize how dark it is until we look at the light. This beautiful light of the world came as a baby boy. And what I'd like to do is walk you through what I went through this week as I prepared for this podcast. But as always, I don't want to hand feed you. I want to inspire you. As always, this is not meant to be a devotion, but a a jumping off point, an inspiration point to get you into God's word on your own. And my prayer is that you're going to think, I'm going to try that myself because there's nothing like uncovering something new for yourself. I can hopefully say it in a way that's inspiring and that you understand, but those aha moments that I have and I try to express to you are so much more powerful when you have them yourself. So for me, I can't help but start at the beginning, 
because that is exactly what God did. Because when I hear the lyric, the world cried out so desperately, and heaven's reply was a baby boy, I'm struck with the thought that God wasn't sitting in heaven thinking, oh, I wonder what I could do to answer this cry of my creation. I wonder what light could pierce this deep darkness. No, because scripture says it was in the fullness of time that God provided the answer. His son, Jesus. Because in Galatians chapter 4, it says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So the idea of fullness of time indicates to me that there was a plan, which of course there was. And one of the habits of highly effective people is to begin with the end in mind. And God himself did that. That's a characteristic of our Heavenly Father. And in the beginning of creation, he knew that man would use his free will and sin against God. But then God loves us so much that he would spend thousands of years revealing his character to his creation. And then ultimately... um, coming forth with this plan to redeem us. But of course, he didn't like come up with the plan during those thousands of years. He had the plan all along to buy us back from the bondage of sin. Ephesians chapter 1 clearly teaches this idea when it starts with the words, even before he made the world. So Ephesians chapter 1 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Even before he made the world, this plan, this baby boy was in the works from even before in our minds what is the beginning the beginning in our minds is the beginning of the world it in this plan was in place even before that and he wanted to do it and it gave him great pleasure and if you notice both here in Ephesians and in the verses that I read in Galatians God's plan was all about relationship Both sections of scripture talk about our adoption into the family as sons. It was not just about a transaction. You know, it was not just about sacrifice for sin. It was about relationship. And it's not like Jesus was this passive pawn in this plan. Because remember, I've been wanting you to read John chapter 1. As part of the Christmas story, and I know some of you are thinking, I don't know why, because it really doesn't, it's not the traditional nativity scene Christmas story idea. Well, here in John chapter 1, it talks about how Jesus was a part of this whole thing since the beginning of time. I'm going to read a little bit of it. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And remember last week we talked about how Jesus was the light of the world. This verse should make you excited as you were thinking about that idea of Jesus being the light of the world. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So I I read the first five verses, and then I jumped down to, to verse 14. If this is familiar to you, these scriptures, you need to slow down. You need to consider what it is saying. If it's if it's new to you, then I'm sure you can't help but think, whoa. So Jesus is the word and was part of the whole process when the world was made. When the very breath of life was breathed into the nostrils of men, he was in on the plan. He was there. After all, he is the son of God, but he is also God himself. Come to dwell with men. The verse says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's just that when God decided to put on flesh, he started out like we all do, as a baby. What does scripture say about this baby boy since that is how he started out? And this is what I want you to explore this week. I want you to pick up Luke chapters 1 and 2 again this week. And only this time, I want you to focus on the baby boy. And I want you to look to see what scripture says about him here at the beginning of his time on earth. Um, I'm laughing in my mind because at church on Sunday, we had... um, A gentleman who interviewed some children and he said, you know, where was Jesus born? And this little girl goes, in heaven? And just kind of like shrugged her shoulders thinking, I'm not sure. And I thought, how um, true. I mean, that yes, we think of him being born on earth, of course, as flesh, but he was before he existed, before he came as a baby boy. So anyway, but what I'm talking about is let's look at this scripture where he is introduced to us in the flesh, okay? And so I'm not asking you to do something that I have not done myself. And let me tell you, when I went through this process this week, it was fascinating to me. And it's interesting what you discover when you interact with God's word in new ways, Uh, We've been using several tools over the past few weeks. One of them is repetition. I'm not sure if you realize that, but that is a tool in helping you interact with God's word, which is to read something over and over again. And to make it interesting, you can do, you can read it in different versions, Um, but repetition is a tool. And when you do read something over and over again, you begin to see things differently than if you just read through it 
one time. And then we've also been looking at a variety of angles as we've been reading and rereading this same section of scripture. This also will bring out different flavors that are tucked into God's word. Because when you're reading Luke 1 and 2 and you're thinking about Mary, um, you're maybe skipping over some of these details that I'm going to ask you to look at closer this week as we're looking at the baby boy. So start in Luke chapter 1. And any indication of Jesus, I want you to note it. And so if you have not grabbed a journal yet, I really encourage you to get one. And journaling doesn't have to just be about what's happening to you in your life. You know, I have a friend who said, I only journal when I'm sad or mad. I guess I should change that. And I was like, yeah, kind of mix in everything. I mean, I think it could include lists of things that you discover in scripture, uh, the Greek or Hebrew meanings of words that you run across, your very own aha moments in scripture, prayer requests, answers to prayer requests, verses that you want to commit to memory, and your feelings about life in general. I encourage you to have a written journal because writing things down by hand just does something in your brain that typing does not do. I'm a very um, paperless kind of gal. I really am. So I read my Bible usually on my U version on my iPad. Um, but uh, I journal by hand because even just typing it, journaling just does something for me. Not even just thinking about it deeply. When I write it down, something happens. However, I don't want you to put off this project until you have a journal. <laughs> I don't want you to put off this week's exercise to run, get a journal. So just grab a scratch piece of paper and start writing out um, this this assignment right now. So right where you see information about Jesus. Okay. So I even jotted the verse next to each statement that I wrote just to remind me where I found it. And my list was really long. And so I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to go over my list with you, my entire list, because I want you to interact with God's word on your own this week. But I am going to go ahead and give you a few examples of how I started. So here goes. Uh, Luke one seventeen says, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord, a people prepared. Now this verse is in uh, reference to John, John the Baptist, but I wrote it on my list because it says that John would go before him and him was Jesus. And so this was a reference to Jesus and in, in, in um, indirect reference, but it was. And so uh, John would go before him to prepare the people for Jesus's ministry to begin. I wrote that down. Okay. And then I put verse 17 next to it. And then in verse 31, it says of Luke chapter one, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and we will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end that ver that's verses 31 through 33. So here's what I wrote on my list. Jesus was conceived in a woman's womb. Now, I'm telling you, I'm writing a list, not of aha things, but of things that I see. These are details that are, are listed in God's word about this baby boy. And so I'm going to write them all down. An angel told Mary what to name him. The angel's name was Gabriel, and he was sent from God. Now, that's 
about Gabriel, and I get that, but the angel is who told Mary to name him. Jesus was conceived in Nazareth. Those were actually some of the previous verses before verse 31. Uh, In verse 31, it says, he will be great. Now, I have had a prophecy over my children, and I cherish those words because uh, I, I know that we know that Jesus is God put on flesh, but Mary would not have the same perspective that we have. You know, we've read the book after it's all said and done, and she's going to be living it one day at a time. So in my mind, how comforting and exciting to know that your son will be great. If an angel appeared to you and said you're going to have a son, all those other details, mind-boggling, but he says he will be great. So I think that's interesting. Uh, And then I wrote down, he will be called son of the most high. I wrote down, God will give him David's throne. Now, uh, thoughts on that. I have to think about how no one fully understood this. You know, I'm wondering if her whole life, Mary, thought that one day Jesus would overthrow the Romans in in his lifetime. I'm not sure she ever really understood that it was going to be an eternal kingdom. You know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. After his death and resurrection, then you kind of get it. But, you know... Um, at the moment that the angel is telling her God will give him David's throne, you just wonder, okay, I wonder what in her mind she thinks that would, would look like. Um, my, my next note is he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Same kind of thought. His kingdom will never end. Same line of thinking, but in her finite mind as ours, ours are very finite. I'm sure that Mary would interpret this as Jesus's kingdom would live on forever in some sort of family line, you know, not thinking that Jesus himself would be on a throne forever. And if she had thought that, she would think, how does that happen? You know, people die. And in fact, he did, but he was raised, raised to life and then, and then uh, brought up to heaven in human form on the clouds. So, of course, we know that because of later on scripture, but this is my point. So I'm writing this down and I'm just telling you what I'm thinking as I'm writing this list. And you can go on and on and on. And these are just a few verses and some reflections of my own. But I really wonder, what will you see? Some of the sections of scripture that you're going to look at are just going to have lists of things about this baby boy, much like I just said. He'll be great. He will uh, be a king over the in the line of David. Da 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 da. And then there's going to be other verses that just infer something about him. They'll use his word, the word him, or uh, much like that verse that I read to you, where it was really about John the Baptist, but it was about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. So really, that part was about him. So I just can't wait to hear what you're going to find. You know, and just like our song describes him, I think that you will see this baby coming down without a crown and without a bed, but offering unexpected majesty. So what's next? We'll pull out Luke chapter 1 and 2 for one final time this month and start making your list. Pull out a scratch piece of paper, pull out a journal, whatever you need, and just start making your list. I know this might be very different from the way that you're used to interacting with God's Word, but I encourage you to try something new and just see what you might see. This is a form of of kind of more of along the lines of study more than meditation, 
But by writing these lists down, it's going to slow your brain down a little bit. And I think that God can really show you some new exciting things that maybe you didn't see before. Even if you've been reading the story with me um, each week this month, that uh, and I think you'll be excited about that. And then while you're in God's Word this week, I really want to know how you're doing. So hop on Twitter or Facebook and comment, or uh, you can just comment directly on the show notes. If you go to michellenizat.com forward slash 44, you can comment on this week's show notes, or you can even just email me, michelle at michellenizat.com. I would love to hear from you and hear how you're doing as you're interacting with God's Word. And just a few quick announcements before I leave. I really, really appreciate all of you who listen more than words can describe. And I just want to thank you in advance for taking the time to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. And if while you're there subscribing, would you leave a written review and a star rating? Potential listeners read those reviews. They do notice how recent they are. It does give me credibility. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And an additional thank you to my loyal listeners and subscribers. I create free memory verse resources each week. Just a small token of my thanks and hopefully a useful tool in keeping God's word front and center in your mind every day. So if you just log on to michellenizat.com and subscribe to my email list, I will send them to you every week. And it's just my gift to you to thank you for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. I hope this finds you and yours having a very Merry Christmas, and we will kick off the new year with Royal Taylor's song, Making Me New. If you like this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 44. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.